we have a sermon this morning that God has uh, brought us to, and I say brought us to by the fact that you, if you've been with us any amount of time, you know that we take, um, we take typically a book of the Bible and preach verse by verse through it. And there's always times that, um, that God amazes me in that, in that work. As we do that, that we come to a verse, and it just happens to be at the crossroads of the right time. And it's happened over and over. Just while we've been online, I've had several people text and say, it's amazing how that's the scripture that we came to this week had such a place, not only in our lives, but in the time that we're in. And what I'm reminded of again this week is that God's time is always perfect, that his timing is perfect. Also reminded that his word is true and relevant. Uh, Really, any passage of scripture you pick and you dig into, you'll find it has relevance uh, in the time and the situation that you're in. But especially this morning, uh, as we've come through what has been a tumultuous uh, weekend for our country, um, we come to just a passage of scripture that I think just can calm our nerves a bit and bring us back to where we fit into all this and, um, and speak directly into the situation. So let me remind you that as we go verse by verse, and there's been so many times over the last five years in our church, uh, hey, real quick, we're coming up in the next two to three weeks on our five-year anniversary since our first service as a church. That's exciting um, to think about what God has done and what God is doing um, in these first five years. But there's been so many times we've came to a passage of scripture that I'm just consistently preaching through and all of a sudden it just hits exactly at the right spot. That's this morning again. He's done it. God has done it. I'm thankful uh, for it. Um, We are in Matthew chapter 7 and uh, for all of you who are excited that the weather is supposed to be beautiful today. Uh, I've got good news, only one verse. Only one verse this morning, it's all we're looking at. Um, it's a pretty good verse, a powerful verse, um, but only one verse this morning, Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 12. Uh, this is repeated in Luke chapter 6 and verse 31 uh, in similar fashion. Uh, But let me read the verse for you, and then we're going to talk about it for just a minute. Uh, Pretty simple, Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Probably one of the most famous things Jesus ever said. If you're not a Christian and you meet somebody who's not a Christian, more than likely they will have heard this. They will be able to repeat it. They will be able to say it. They understand it at some level. Um, And so it is one of the core things, one of the most popular things Jesus ever said. When I was in college, I had a class called Political Theory, and uh, it was taught by an atheist. And we read all kinds of different political writings and theory over the last thousands of years of how to organize governments and people and society and community. Uh, And this was one of the things that we read and discussed was Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. This coming from an atheist who saw Jesus just simply as a teacher and going to take these things and what we would, what they would call ethics, what's right, what's wrong, how do we do good, how do we build relationships with one another, how do we treat one another. Um, and there are lots of good things in this sermon as it relates to that. But I want to remind us just a little bit here to say that Jesus is talking to disciples. We don't want to get caught up in the fact that 
the things he's teaching here and telling us to do, not to criticize people, uh, you know, not to do things for show, um, all these things he teaches to be on the list is not the pathway to heaven. This is not how you get on the road to heaven. He is teaching people who are on the road, who are Christians, who are committed believers, who are on the road to heaven. This is how we live our life as Christians is what he is teaching. So let's remember that as we look into this. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good lesson and wisdom just in general for everybody, this verse is. Um, but he's speaking deeper than that to us. And I want to I share just how he continues to be a, uh, he continues to, I mean, he just flips things on his head. Uh, he's a radical at the time, the way that he looks at this and the way he's teaching his disciples. I want you to see that um, this morning. And he's digging in this section, telling his disciples, here's how you should treat other people, how you should treat one another. The verse, let's do it. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. It's amazing in and of itself that this one sentence can summarize the back half of this book. <laughs> in one sentence, he ties up everything he's talked about. And this is, this is kind of like his introduction to his conclusion. He's getting ready to wrap up his sermon, the things he's been teaching. He's getting ready to wrap it up. And he says, so in everything, if I were to sum all this up for you and how you should be in relationship with other people and one another, so in everything, do to others what you'd want them to do to you. And remember, this is for people who are on their way to heaven. This is how we should treat one another and other people. Here's what's amazing about it. Prior to this, this is not the, the first time that this type of thought process has come forward of how we treat other people uh, is, is important, how it should relate to how we want to be treated. But this is the first time it's been flipped. It's really been flipped on its head uh, a bit because this is what is known as we're excited to talk today about the golden rule. And you've heard that maybe growing up. We've heard it in all kinds of different formats. If you don't have anything good to say, don't about somebody don't say anything at all think put yourself in their shoes um you know don't do something to them that you wouldn't want done to you don't 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 cause pain if you know don't don't do things to them you wouldn't want done to you which is the negative right which i want to talk about real quick it is what hallel said rabbi hallel this was prior to jesus this is what he said about it he said what is hateful to you do not do to your neighbor he said, that is the whole Torah. The rest is commentary. But listen to what Jesus does here. Because everybody who had said this type of thought process before was in the negative. This is an important point to get out of this one verse. See, what he said was, what is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. What is hateful, what is bad, what you don't want somebody to do to you, don't do to somebody else. But Jesus flips it completely on its head. He takes it bigger than that. He takes it deeper than that. He says it's not enough just to think about yourself and be like, oh, I don't want somebody to do that to me, so I'm not going to do that to them. He says, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. He puts it in the positive. He says, don't just refrain from hurting somebody. 
but maybe take a step farther and share some joy with somebody. Actually, he says, don't just, the absence of doing bad is not enough. Actually, what he's calling us to is the presence of good. Now, there had been all kinds of religions prior to Jesus saying this, and they all had some form of this golden rule, but always in the negative. So let's think about it just for a minute. Uh, if you want, I want you to kind of get in your own world, in your own place where you are right now, and the way this verse reads, do the others what you would have them do to you. And we think just for a minute, you know, when, it, when it's framed in the negative, what don't we want people to do to us? We don't want them, you know, I've had... Plenty of people do things to me I didn't want them to. Like, y'all remember a year or so ago, somebody stole my bike. <laughs> didn't much care for that. You know, they walked right up on the driveway, hopped on it, and rode it off. We got them on camera, um, but, you know, he stole my bike. I've had a lot of stuff stolen. I've had a truck stolen. Um, yeah, I've had people cheat me, uh, try to cheat me out of money, cheat me out of different things. I've been in... Uh, tried to work with people who treated me unfairly. Uh, all these things that, you know, we don't want people to do to us. Hillel would say it's enough just to not do that stuff to other people. So when Jesus flips it on his head, he says, do to them what you would want them to do. I want you to think for just a minute, what are the things that you wish someone would do for you or to you today? What are those things? And those are usually the things that are making us feel down or feel uh, depressed or have bad attitude or frustrated that people aren't doing them. And we might not come right out and say it, but, you know, it, it might be those things. It might be that, you know, nobody's called to check on me. It might be that, um, you know, it could be a number of different things. Uh, but what are those things that you wish somebody would do for you? I've kind of started making a list. Uh, most of them were projects <laughs> around the house. I wish somebody would mow my yard. I wish somebody would stain my porch. Uh, you know, those are kind of very tactical things. But here's what Jesus is getting to the heart of. Here's what Jesus is getting to the heart of. There's a lot of things we want to be treated. We, we, want, we want respect. We want to feel appreciation, appreciated. We obviously want to be shown mercy. We want to be shown kindness. We want to be encouraged. And these are things that are in our heart that we are wanting. And Jesus is teaching us the best way to, to be fulfilled in those things is actually to give them to other people, is to show those things to other people, to literally think about people in your life in specific situations and live your faith out to do those things for them. Not just have the absence of bad, but have the presence of good. The, some of the other sayings that go along this, you know, put, put yourself in uh, somebody's shoes. And, you know, relationships get complicated. And, and here Jesus is sorting through all of these questions and all the way it's getting, it can get confused. And really, I think that's a good way to put it. Say, what if I were them? If I were in their shoes, how would I want to be treated? What would I want done to me? And I think as you look on 
all the things that are happening in the world right now, and specifically in our country and the large cities across the country, and you see the things that caused and brought the unrest, and we see the unrest, and we see this basic teaching that Jesus is giving is to do unto others as have as they as you would have them do unto you. The truth is, if the entire world took that saying and lived it, we would have peace tomorrow. We would have complete peace tomorrow. But what we know is the world can never do that. <laughs> that Actually, what we know is that you nor I can actually do it perfectly. That there are actually things we've done to hurt people. There's things we've said. There's things uh, we regret. There's actions we've made that we can't get back. And there are things where we have failed in this greatest commandment what it does not say is to treat others as they have treated us which is a place we want to get to pretty quick right we, you know you did that you deserve this you treated me like this I'm, I'm i'm paying you back with the same thing i'm going to do the same thing to you well they they lied to me they cheated on me they they did this this and this so i've got to give that back to them and that's not what Jesus teaches here. Sometimes we want to treat each other, treat others the way we think they should be treated, <laughs> right? Maybe they didn't do it specifically to us, but we just see somebody that did something, uh, did something terrible, and in these situations, we jump right to becoming judge, jury, decision maker, and saying they deserve this, 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 and this, and we don't know the whole story. We don't know the facts. We've just jumped on a side and we're on a bandwagon. Here's the reality um, that we see. Is that we live in a broken world. We just do. The world is never going to be full of peace. You know, although it's been uh, aspired to by every pageant participant for generations that there would have be world peace. We will not have world peace on this side of heaven. There are three things that come out of this that, you know, that apply to us, that teach us, that are things that are takeaways, three things that we must do. All you can do is take responsibility for yourself. And there's three things that we must do that come out of this. One is we got to know Jesus Christ. We've got to know about him. We've got to know who he is. We do that by reading his word. We do that by listening to preaching, um, all kinds of different ways. Second, you've got to believe in him. Just knowing it enough, just in your mind, and being able to recite the facts and you know, having, having verses memorized and know all the stories of Jesus in the Old Testament, it's not enough. You've got to place it in your heart and get a hold of it. And then what happens after that is the most critical piece of your walk in faith in Jesus Christ. And that is the word that's in, uh, in yellow or orange. I don't know what's coming through to you, but so in everything, do. So in everything, do. It's an active word. Our faith, our belief 
should lead to action. It should lead to a lifestyle that lives our faith out. There's a great preacher from England. Uh, he's passed away, Charles Spurgeon. You may have heard of him. He's got lots of, you can read his sermons. They're amazing. He's, this was his commentary on this verse. This is what he had to say about it. Oh, that all men acted on it, and there would be no slavery, no war, no swearing, no striking, no lying, no robbing, but all would be justice and love. What a kingdom is this which has such a law. And remember, this is Jesus' kingdom we're talking about. Here's what he prayed. Lord, teach it to me. Write it on the fleshly tablets of my renewed heart. And this is the one I want us to take with us today, how he finished it. He said, write it out in full in my life. Write it out in full in my life. Write this verse out in full in my life. We all have different levels of influence and impact and the circle that's around us. And the best thing we can do is live out our faith. And he says everything hangs on this. We should treat others the way that we want to be treated. Here's the thing about it. It's pretty easy to to understand but it's difficult to obey I said earlier I mean I studied it 20 years ago and almost 20 years ago in college and an atheist professor was saying yeah this is pretty good teaching actually he didn't believe Jesus was God he didn't believe in God period but he said, this is pretty good teaching. Why can't the world do this? Why aren't people doing this? We need to get more people doing this. We need to change. You know, we need a, a better leader that can change laws and, and implement policy that gets people doing this and tries to change behavior. And, and yet what we see is a battle for the heart of mankind. <laughs> this is what we're seeing. All around us is individual. There's a battle for the heart of mankind, a battle uh, from, from Satan uh, against God and what is good. And the battle's true in our own lives. And what this teaches us, yeah, it's really easy, pretty easy to, to understand. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. If I did all that, then I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to follow all the Ten Commandments. Everything hangs on this one thing. And so it's easy to understand, but it's difficult to obey. All these things that Christ is teaching us, uh, here's what I call them. I call them stretch goals. You ever have a stretch goal in your life? You know, somebody, uh, somebody told me uh, the other day that, um, uh, you know, they had a goal to reach 10,000 people with something they were doing. And they said, we only did like 1,500 last year, but, you know, we're going for 10,000. We don't think we can do it. But that's where we're setting the mark. Because if you set the mark high, then you push for it, and you end up higher than you would have if you just said, yeah, we did 1,500 last year. Let's do 1,800 people this year. No. 
Let's be aspirational. Let's dream big. Let's live big. And this is what Jesus is saying. He's asking us to aspire to all of these things, to, to let the Holy Spirit get into our lives and move us this direction, sanctify us, make us holier, be better, better today than we were yesterday. But here's the reality in all of this. It should point back to the fact that we can't be perfect. <laughs> this commandment says, yeah, that sounds good, but I messed up this morning in the way I talked to my spouse messed up this morning didn't even make it through breakfast as this calls us to a closer walk with him it should just remind us of our desperate need for him it should remind us that Jesus is our Savior, then this is, here, this is what's beautiful. I'm not going to go long today. I'm getting ready to wrap up, uh, get your grills warmed up. Um, this, is, this is what I want you to see. Because the person who is saying this, that is telling us this, is the only person who ever lived up to this. I want you to take what I just said a, a, a second ago. Uh, where where we find out that um, we, we can't ever live up to this. We're aspiring to get to this. It should not just show us. It should show us our need for him, our desperate need for Jesus Christ. Because let me tell you what God did, what he does. He doesn't say things that he doesn't demonstrate. He's calling us to be more and more like him, one of my favorite verses, it says, While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, he sets the example in our life. He treats us how he wants us to treat him. You see, he wants us to serve him. So if you remember the Last Supper, the night before Jesus was to be arrested, he's the one who broke the bread. He's the one who passed the wine. He's the one who took the towel and washed their feet. He's the one that served them first. You see, while we were just might as well have been one of the guards one of the Roman soldiers, one of, the, one of the, the Pharisees that were shouting crucify him. While we were shouting crucify him and we had no thankfulness or appreciation for the mercy and the grace and the love that he was about to show us on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He interceded, he showed his love for us because he wants us to love him. He wants us to pursue him and his purpose. That's why we find out in the story and the parable he told about God's nature, how he'll leave the 99 and come looking for you. You don't go first. He's pursuing you. He's calling you. He's loving you. He's loving me. He's serving you. He's serving me. 
because he wants that from us. He, Jesus, the power that my professor didn't get was the, the one was saying this was not just another man and another teacher. This was the God of all creation and mankind speaking into the life of disciples and, and humanity saying, listen, watch what I do. I do to you what I want you to do to me. And actually, I'm not going to, you know, if you don't do to me, what I'm giving to you, then I, it's not, I'm going to stop, <laughs> right? It's not with the interest of getting what we want out of it. It is truly with the interest of the other person, the heart, the love, the care for the other person, that we treat them how we would want to be treated. As we get ready to wrap up this morning, I just want to ask you a simple question. What's, what's missing right now? What's missing in your life? What are the things you wish you had, the way you were, wish you were being treated, the way you wish you were being talked to, the way that you, you, you wish somebody would do for you? And here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask to, to do exactly what Charles Spurgeon said. We're going to pray together. God, this week, write this verse out in full in my life, in your life, in our lives. God, let us be the light. Let us be the difference maker. He said we were the salt of the earth, and salt makes a difference. Light makes a difference. It pushes out darkness. It's the only thing that can and let us in our ability and in where we can reach and the people we can impact, let's do it in real ways. Think of three things, three people. You know, we've got our, 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 our process here called Do For One where you can live this out. If you know somebody that needs help, we, we were able to help somebody again this week. So thankful we had Shonda, who's a friend of our family and our church, uh, lives in the Prestonsburg area now and is an uh, uh, outpatient substance use disorder treatment. Uh, she's a counselor, and she had a client that was um, you know, just struggling every day, um, and she was struggling because her apartment was hot, the place she was living. She didn't have any air conditioner. Shonda thought enough, cared enough, reached out and said, can we get her a window unit air conditioner? Let me tell you, no matter what mistake you made in your life, if you were trying to get your life back together, would you want somebody that had the complete ability to help you? We were able to help her out. Who can you help? Who can you show love? And that those actions of love go far beyond words. Like, yeah, you know what? $300 for an air conditioner? I mean, coming out of my own pocket, that feels like, you know, you don't want to wake up this week and be like, ah, oh, i got to spend $300 in an air conditioner. But when God gives you resources to help people, what's $300? When she can know people who love God, they just, they just treated me like I'd want to be treated. They just, like... They didn't judge me. They didn't say, well, you should have never got on drugs. <laughs> All right? Treat people the way we would want to be treated. Think of three people in your life. What are you missing? What are you thinking would be good for you? 
And let's not worry this week about us getting it. If we make sure somebody else gets it, maybe just maybe somebody that's listening or watching is thinking about you. This ain't ever going to be perfect. We're never going to have world peace. We're never going to have peace in Pikeville. We're never going to have peace in your own home. The devil is active, moving across the face of this earth. We're fighting a spiritual battle every day, but we must strive for a stretch goal to be better, anchor our life on the foundation of Jesus Christ, and live out our faith. Live it out to do, not just know, not just believe, but do. God, we thank you for this time together. I'm asking you, this is me personally. God, I believe others are bowing their heads, they're praying, they're seeking you. God, I'm asking you these words of Spurgeon, one that you called. Without a doubt, he was a faithful preacher of your word. God, his words he finished, I don't know, 100 years ago that he wrote. They said, write it out in full in my life. Write the truth of this out. Give me the strength. Give me the wisdom. Give me the humility. God, to let me think of others before myself. Let me love my neighbor as myself. God, it doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter where they've come from. It doesn't matter what they've done. God, let us love our neighbor as ourself. God, let us do to them as we would have done to ourselves. We're going to trust you to give us the strength, the wisdom to do that. We know only you can build right relationships. And God, and when there's discord and there's disconnect, we know that's the work of the devil. The father of lies that sows discord and confusion and wants to create uh, chaos so that we get distracted from you. God, this morning you brought us back to this verse that's simple. Makes it so simple. What we should we do about this person in this situation? We should do unto others as we'd have done unto ourselves. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to enjoy this last song of worship. I want you to maybe pray it together. These words are beautiful. The name of the song is Christ Be Magnified. That's what we need. And how do we magnify Christ? By living it, by doing it, by being who he has called us to be. Enjoy the song. We'll be back in just a moment. Oh, Christ be magnified. Let his praise arise. Christ be magnified in me. Oh, Christ be magnified from the altar of my life. Christ be magnified in sing it again and oh Christ be magnified let his praise arise Christ be magnified in me and oh Christ be magnified from the altar of my 
My 
first verse where creation suddenly articulate with a thousand tongues to lift one cry then from north to south and east to west we'd hear Christ be magnified let's remember the oceans and the seas obey him he created the mountains let's let him be magnified in our life let's live it out let's do what he's called us to um, and not just know, not just believe, but let's do and be doers of the word, not just hearers. Um, we're going to have a, uh, our leadership team is meeting tomorrow night to create, um, uh, to finalize and formalize our plans for reopening. Um, so be on the watch this week. Uh, hopefully Wednesday we've talked about, um, we should have, uh, should have an uh, announcement Wednesday about when we'll be reopening and what our plans are. We'll probably do that via a live stream. Um, so if you want to, if you've not liked our Facebook page or you're not in our Facebook group, um, if you can do that, we'll get the notification out there. Uh, we'll also call it through uh, in our, our one call program. Uh, but Wednesday night, we'll we'll talk about what our plans are. Be in prayer for us. Um, I miss everyone. I can't wait to see people again. We got to do it carefully, slowly. You know, it may be more like an online service with an audience, um, but we want to see people's faces again. And uh, let's just be in prayer as we go through this process and do the best we can uh, to do what God has for us to do. So this week, remember, make that list. Think about three people. Live out that faith do those things that you wish somebody was doing for you go do them for somebody else and you just might be on somebody else's list let's take care of one another take care of a neighbor who you, you thought before really didn't need it or deserve it um don't now now don't enable let's not enable people to not take care of themselves but people who truly deserve it and god puts on your heart let's help where we can help all right i hope everybody has a great week god bless you praying for you. If God has used this ministry, used this message today to apply to some part of your life in a special way, 
feel free to reach out to us, text us, message us, uh, email us on our website, comment on the YouTube video. Uh, however God's using it, we'd love to know that God is still working, the church is still active and strong, um, just because it's not a building, right? You all, the believers, we are the church. Have a great week.